Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Alright, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher alongside Drew Dinsick in the flesh. Heard about the, the weather and all the happenings in Stanford, Connecticut. Made his way up on the red eye from uh, Long Beach, California here in person to talk. Uh, we're going to do a little NL MVP off the top because of course we are. And then we're going to talk Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL and Offensive Rookie of the Year. We're going to hit a lot of these awards in the NFL this week before the season kicks off. But let's start with uh, Mookie Betts. Drew, did you watch him on the weekend? Uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, he's pretty impressive. Mm. Uh, I like his contributions to the game <laughs> of baseball, and I think he should be rewarded in some way for uh, the his outstanding uh, efforts this season. Um, I, re- I just really wish I had had someone in my life tell me that he was a good price like this time last. Oh, Whoa. I mean, it's uh, it's a little too early to get excited here. There's still a lot of baseball left to be played, um, but you certainly have to love what you're seeing from the Dodgers right now from a team effort. Um, and uh, yeah, a little bit of a pivot here in this market as Mookie is now the minus 145 favorite. Um, and rightfully so. Yes. I think uh, one of these, well, one, two, maybe three of these awards crusades pop up uh, every year. I think back to, to Bryce Harper and LMVP, Marcus Smart, DPOY, Manuel Quickly, Sixth Man of the Year, and Mookie this at the moment. And I think the good thing about the, uh, the Mookie Betts crusade is that, uh, like I did with Quickly, I genuinely do think the Betts has the best case at the moment where... Now he is lapping Ronald Acuna in war and OPS, and those are the two stats that are most predictive of MVP I've found. Every MVP winner dating back to the great Dustin Pedroia in 2008 has been top two in OPS or war and often is the leader in either one of them. Right now, Ronald Acuna in F-war, uh, which is what I'm referring to, he's third behind Betts and Freddie Freeman. And in OPS, he's now down to fourth as we're recording this. Uh, Monday afternoon, he's behind Betts, obviously, Freeman and Olsen. 43-point OPS gap over a war separating them. Uh, and also the fact that uh, Mookie Betts just refuses to register any outs at the moment <laughs> tends to help. I do think that, I think because of the steals, uh, that if it is neck and neck, I think Acuna would mm-hmm. probably win. But right now it's not neck and neck. Betts has some distance. And so right now the way I price this market out, uh, I make Betts. 1.8 minus 180 um, after last night when we were recording. Acuna went 04 uh, and bets obviously 3 for 5 with that home run in Boston. Uh, I make Acuna plus 300 fair and I make Freddie Freeman plus 900. And on merit, I think Freeman has pretty decent case for second behind bets, but I just think that he's going to get washed away a little bit in the race. But he's definitely not, uh, he's not done either. 
Uh, I mean, what else do you think about this race? Anything that you're looking for in the last month? Well, I mean, I, I would like to hear people start bringing up the defensive um, contributions that Betts is making and just the fact that he is, what, electively changing, changed positions yeah. this year and yet he's still performing at a gold glove or a gold glove adjacent level is incredible. Um, that's very cool. Uh, and uh, I would expect that if the Dodgers can run down the um, run down the Braves and be your one seed overall, then uh, that would basically put a nail in this one. Um, but you know, winning baseball at this time of year as a team at a team level and being sort of the catalyst for it is about as strong a case as you could hope for. And so, assuming that th- that doesn't change course between now and uh, you know we putting a bow on this thing, then uh, I love love the trajectory here. Yep, and there's a big series coming up at the end of this week where Atlanta go to LA to play the Dodgers four times, which I think will, you know, people are going to talk about that as the MVP showdown, really high leverage. I mean, it is high leverage in a way. At the same time, it's not like Cunha or Betts vice versa can put the other in the post and just truck them like Joel Embiid <laughs> did Nikola Jokic. That's uh, a good point. And I think that the fact that there'll still be a month to go in the season, I don't think that series will be definitive or anything, though it will certainly help uh, whoever can have the better series if there is margin. But now, if you're on bets from here, you just want to play Acuna to a draw. So I think if the vote was held today, the bets would actually win because a 43-point OPS gap and being the far superior defender, that's pretty definitive to me. And I understand the steals with Acuna, but that's really all he's got at the moment. Uh, And the fact the Braves are four up on the Dodgers, I don't think that really matters. They're four up on the Dodgers because they have Spencer Strider and uh, the Dodgers don't have any pitches. So, yeah, it's one to us. Certainly, we'll we'll track uh, the rest of the way. But I think Spencer Spencer Strider uh, worth the bet in the uh, NL Cy Young market right now? I think he is. Uh, and as someone who's very much in Team Strider over Team Gallon in that market, uh, wasn't happy that the Braves pushed him back a day. And now he has to face the Dodgers instead of facing the Rockies, though he would have been in cause. But I make Strider plus 175 in that market. I make Gallon plus 200. There's still some plus 250 about Strider. He's just the better pitcher. And everyone thinks he's the better pitcher. And his peripherals are better. And I think if he gets within 0.3 of an ERA of Gallon, which is right on the precipice right now, I think that would be enough for him to win. So, uh, yeah, certainly against one Brave in one key market, <laughs> but riding with another Brave uh, in Cy Young. All right, before we get to Offensive Player of the Year, Roto World Draft Week is officially here all week long. We've got drafts, articles, and more from all your favorite Roto World talent and special guests. Get all you need to dominate your upcoming fantasy drafts. Go to NBCSports.com slash fantasy to see the schedule of all that is happening this week and use the code CHAMP23 to save 20% at checkout and receive a $10 Fanatics gift card. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. All right. Offensive player of the year, uh, Jamar Chase, the favorite at 10 to 1, which is very short. Justin Jefferson, 13 to 1. Christian McCaffrey leads the running backs. He's 15 to 1. Nick Chubb, 18 to 1. Then Tyreek Hill, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. Uh, what do you make of this market? Well, I think we can officially cross off uh, Colt McCoy. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> I think we can so also, hey, you know what? Let's just rule out all the Cardinals. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, Marcus Brown. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, I think Chase is a false favorite here. Yep. I don't mind saying this. I know that there is a lot of love for him in the fantasy community. I know there's a lot of expectation that he is going to take the same sort of progressive step forward that Jeff Jefferson did last year and put up record setting type of numbers. But the problem was there were no other mouths to feed in Minnesota last year until they traded for Hawkinson. Uh, and that opposite is true for the Cincinnati Bengals, where you have a plethora of very, very talented receiving options. Uh, and you have just in general an offensive line that should do better in the run block. So they may even have a more balanced offense this year than they did last year. Uh, not even to mention the uh, injury questions that still are very ever so lightly swirling around Joe Burrow. So um, Chase to me is I get why he's a popular pick. People are expecting him to, you know, continue the progress and be the best receiver in football. And for some reason, the market has decided that this is a de facto non-quarterback award. And that's where I take the most exception. I think that if you are a quarterback who's contributing on the ground and through the air and you're, you know, potentially putting together passing plus rushing all-time yards, uh, in a campaign in 2023, you are live for this award. And so that brings uh, you know Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields into the picture for me. And between those two players, I think the case for Fields is stronger because, uh, number one, I think the um, Eagles have a slightly uh, less um, impressive defense that they're running out there this year combined with a more difficult schedule, which means if the Eagles want to replicate one seed success, if they want to replicate NFC East title, uh, they're going to have to score 30 points a game. They're not going to have the ability to throttle down fields in the second half of contests as they're trying to protect 20-point leads, which was the case in a lot of games last season. Uh, and then you combine that with the fact that he's got the best receiving core uh, in the national, you know, in the, in the NFC, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, it just in general is going to have to be the engine on the ground, particularly from the uh, scoring touchdowns in the red zone standpoint. Uh, and I think we can see a pretty spectacular output from him this season. And I like him. Uh, initially bet him in the 30 to one range. Uh, he's 20 to one right now looking at the current numbers. I still think that's value. Uh, hurts. I'm expecting to, uh, to continue to be a factor as we get into, um, you know, just MVP conversation, even beyond OPOY. But, uh, if there's a little less team success, I think that, uh, basically his, what's the right word? His sec his, his flowers will be in the OPOY market instead of MVP. If, uh, if the Eagles are say like 11 and six. Yep. 
I think it would have been an interesting test case last year if, say, Justin Jefferson and Tyree Kill had 15% worse seasons and then you've got wide receivers where the best are around 1,500 yards and then Josh Jacobs is the best running back, but he's on a bad team and would they just have given Jalen Hurts offensive player of the year? It's, uh, to me, a little bit of a red flag that he he didn't get any love, really, for that award. Um, and there have been a number of voters who have come out and have said that I'm treating this as the de facto best non-quarterback offensive player. At the same time, I think that we are perhaps a little bit biased by... So we have had four skill position players in a row win this award. Derek Henry, Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson. They all had like historic type of seasons. Yeah. So we don't really have a test case in the past four years for you know seasons where uh, Ezekiel Elliott was the best skill position player, but it was like 15, 50 rushing yards and 16 touchdowns or whatever. Um, whether he would just win that or whether it would just default to the quarterback that doesn't win MVP or does win MVP and has just an insane statistical production. Because historically, this award used to be uh, Peyton Manning gets MVP and Drew Brees gets OPOY because he puts up the more mind-blowing stats, but it doesn't come with the team success uh, or probably more to the point, the just the efficiency of touchdown to interception ratio. This award is more about volume. So yeah, I wouldn't dismiss the quarterbacks. And I do think there is an angle to your point where a couple of years ago, I was heavily invested in Lamar Jackson at 25 mm. to 1 to win this award yeah. just because he was very live at that point when I bet him to break the all-time single-season yards record um, combined for passing and rushing. Mm -hmm. I thought that if he did that and led the Ravens to a top-two seed, then he'd be right in the mix. As it happens, Cup and Taylor had historic seasons and Lamar got hurt, so it was kind of a moot point. But I do think that is uh, potentially in play. Yeah, I, I think that's a brilliant breakdown. What I want to ask you is, is there a potential for this year that there are just too many good wide receivers that are pretty close, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if there's not one standout and you have like shades of gray between the likes of Chase Jefferson Hill, I would even put, uh, you know, potentially Cooper Cup, uh, Garrett Wilson, CeeDee Lamb, Diggs. Like there's a, probably a group of 10 who are going to be pretty close when it all, you know, when the dust settles um, in terms of statistical output. And if there's, you know, if it's impossible to distinguish between that group, can a quarterback steal it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting because we might just be at the point now where there is so much passing in the league that someone every year is just going to get 1,700 receiving yards. And if they do that, then I think they would probably win. And the other thing too is with quarterback stats now, like two years ago, Justin Herbert threw for over 5,000 yards and no one cared. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. so normalized now, these insane passing stats in a way that I don't think it is normalized yet for wide receivers just okay. because we haven't had as many. And so my thought would be that, you know, if we do have four wide receivers in the 1,600 to 1,800 receiving yards range, that the best of them would probably just win. But um, it's certainly possible if they are all clustered. And meanwhile, uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson breaks the all-time yards record this year, then he might just win. Uh, I think the running backs, though, are the way to attack this market okay. where I just think they're undervalued. I think the fact that we've had back-to-back -back wide receivers win, the fact that we didn't have really a standout superstar running back last year, but 
I still do think that a huge part of this award is being the identity of your offense. And people want to point to that the way that, you know, Michael Thomas broke the all-time receptions record and Drew Brees got hurt that year and he was kind of towards the end of his career anyway. Cup was seen as the best player on the Rams, not Stafford. Uh, last year, everyone thinks that Justin Jefferson is better than Kirk Cousins. And I do think there is an issue with Chase, that he's just so inextricable from Joe Burrow, who yeah. everyone thinks is a top-five quarterback. And Jefferson won last year, and there's going to be potentially more mouths to feed on that offense. And he probably just, I'd say, he's just not going to have as good a season as last year because he set the bar so high. And then guys like McCaffrey, like McCaffrey's got four superstar players around him. And I still think the easiest way to win this award is to be a workhorse running back who puts up 1750 on the ground, 15 touchdowns, leads your team to the playoffs. And I think the best candidates to do that, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, and I think in a weird way, potentially Tony Pollard and Bijan Robinson as well. Um, so those are the guys that I would be looking at. We've spoken about it before, but... Bijan forty to one, Tony Pollard forty to one. Uh, I, Henry to me is just remains an insane price. He's still in the thirty to one. You can still hunt some forty to one. Derrick Henry can't be forty to one to an offensive player of the year. I understand his offensive line sucks. I understand that that team is in a great spot, but it's still Derrick Henry. And just through volume, he might be able to get to seventeen hundred yards. And that team isn't the offense has question marks. Overall, I think the team is fine, and they can win a pretty. Uh, you know, a team where they, a division where they only really have to knock down one team in front of them. I just think that Derrick Henry can't be 40 to 1. And by the same token, Saquon, with all the stuff that has been swirling around running backs, I think if it is close between like Saquon Barkley and Stefan Diggs, then surely Saquon would just win. But what do you think of the running backs? Yeah, no, that it's an interesting argument. Um, I can't distinguish between the running backs in terms of ultimately who is going to have the standout statistics, which is yep. why I can't really put my finger on one guy here. But um, the idea that they, you know, both the idea that the wide receivers are clustered, a clumped, maybe clumped is a better word, clumped at the top of the market. And really, it's not obvious to me that, you know, that uh, Chase should be the, your market favorite here. That opens the door for some uncertainty, either be it a running quarterback or or a, a running back. And um, you know, I think taking a couple of flyers if you can find forty to one prices, then you know now is a perfectly fine time to make those bets. Um, I would just make sure that there's a, a Hertz ticket in there too, because um, you know if what he put together last year is in any way augmented by the fact that the Eagles have to do more yep. <laughs> offense this year, then uh, you could be talking about record breaking stuff. Yep, I can get around that. The last thing I'll say on this award in terms of like super long shots, the one thing for this award that in a way I'm most interested to see in week one is how much Tank Bigsby actually takes away from Travis Etienne. Because sure. if Etienne is getting a workhorse load, which everyone is just expecting that Tank Bigsby is going to get short down yardage work and steal goal line carries, and he may do that, but he also might not. He's a rookie. Etienne, I think, on talent has the upside to be the best running back in football. Last year, he was second in uh, yards per carry over expected, only behind Nick Chubb. He is explosive. He has the pedigree of being a first-round pick, and he's on a team that is going to be leading a lot of games, I think. And so ETN is 70-1. to 1. 
to an offensive player of the year. Uh, and if he's getting the lion's share of work uh, by by margin in week one, then all of a sudden I think that he can, you know, he's, he's a guy who uh, could just be uh, on merit projected forward as like the favorite after week two for this award and no one will realize and it'll be 30 to one when he should be 11 to one fair something like that so i think etn is a, a guy to to watch out for in this one all right before we close out with offensive rookie of the year drew if you're looking for a way to start your final sunday before the regular season kicks off look no further than mlb sunday leadoff exclusively on peacock this week, we're featuring two teams in the thick of the National League playoff race as the Phillies travel to American Family Field to face the division-leading Brewers, who never lose anymore. <laughs> Catch the action live at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. That feels like a playoff uh, series uh, preview. Yeah, could, uh, could well be. Uh, Brewers are a team that I'm probably going to bet on in the playoffs and get my heart broken because uh, <laughs> uh, trotting out... Corbin Burns, uh, Brandon Woodruff from Freddie Peralta in round one is pretty good. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once, starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. All right, Offensive Rookie of the Year, also pretty good, is Bijan Robinson, plus 250, Bryce Young, plus 450, Anthony Richardson, 7-1, Jameer Gibbs, plus 750, and then the last of the quote-unquote favorites is CJ Stroud at plus 850. Uh, we've talked a fair bit about this market. Has anything changed in your mind recently? Well, not, not uh, acutely. Um, we know CJ Stroud is going to be – as expected, the week one starter for the uh, Texans. I look at him as a low ceiling guy in year one, even if he does ultimately, you know, kind of protect the ball. Um, I don't think that that offense is going to, you know, truly surprise people. Um, similarly, I think Anthony Richardson is a pass for now because I would expect that over the balance of the first half of the season, he is wildly up and down. Uh, and Bryce Young, I mean, best of luck to him. Uh, the offensive line in Carolina looks like it could be a major issue. And the fact that he does not have DJ Moore to throw to because he is now in Chicago uh, could be a problem. Uh, so I think realistically the three uh, bona fide starting quarterbacks who we may expect to see um, or who people are expecting to be competitive in this market uh, may not be, uh, which leaves you with the two running backs who are going to get a, you know, a decent chunk of work, namely B. John Robinson, who I know you've made a very, very strong case for over the weeks that plus 250 is a little shy 
Um, Gibbs probably in the same conversation at plus 750 is a little shy. And I think, um, you know, to start the season, if the, either of these guys shows up and, you know, puts together meaningful counting stats, then, um, you know, they're going to take a sizable lead over the quarterbacks because, you know, rookie quarterbacks, first month of the season, any of these guys lights the league on fire it would be a huge, huge shock. Um, so I think uh, you bet against the quarterbacks to start, and then we wait and see if uh, one of these guys can find some form. I'm specifically eyeballing Richardson. I would like to see him kind of drift into the 20-to-1 range, maybe by about Halloween or so, uh, and then their schedule all of a sudden really turns much more favorably. Uh, he does have a couple weapons to work with. He does have the potential for an offensive line that could get cohesive, um, and he does have, uh, you know, an X factor with his uh, athleticism in terms of producing on the ground. So, you know, I'm going to be watching this market pretty carefully, but the best bet I think uh, I'm going to make around uh, Halloween or Thanksgiving. Yep. I think with this one, firstly, the only long shot I'd really throw out there, one guy I'll be keeping an eye on is Dalton Kincaid, who you can get in the 40 to 1 type of range where, like, I don't think he's going to win. It's so hard to win as a rookie tight end, uh, but he will be on an explosive offense. Uh, and there is, you know, he could put up silly touchdown numbers and he'll get a lot of publicity if he is playing well. So he's one guy uh, to watch where he could just be, he could be the second receiving option on the Buffalo Bills. Like that is in play. And I think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be uh, Gabe Davis will be above him in the pecking order in addition to, to Stefan Diggs, obviously, but he is one to watch. I think with Bijan, some people ask me like, what's, you know, why are you backing a plus 250, plus 300 favorite uh, this early in the season before the season has even started? And there's two things there. One, I think with like the temporal aspect of betting, like the most important thing is, is it just value versus your fair price at that point in time? And if you think the Bijan should be plus 200 right now and you can bet them at plus 300, then in most cases you should just do that. The only exception is if you can project forward that the market isn't going to adjust to his good performance properly. I just don't think that's the case with Bijan. If he comes out and has 120 yards in week one, then that plus 300 is going to be like plus 190 pretty quickly. It's not like people don't know who Bijan Robinson is. And plenty of the time, or you know, sometimes you have a favorite who just starts the year as the favorite, or not even the favorite, but sometimes their preseason price is their highest price point. Like Paolo Bancaro never drifted for rookie no. of the year. Tyler Hero, sixth man of the year, literally never drifted, just no. wire to wire. John Morant, most improved player, was pretty pretty, pretty much the same. So uh, the most important thing is just to take value versus you know what you think the fair price is at that given time and not get too cute with projecting out, trying to get a look at sure. something. I think with someone like, that might contradict what I said about Travis Etienne, but I don't think the market would adjust as quickly to someone like that who's in the 70 to 1 range. And with Etienne, like right now, if I think he's 45 to 1 fair, expected value play to take 30 to 1 on 10 to 1 fair than 70 to 1 on 45 to 1 fair. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I'm at there. But I mean, what do you think with? with all of that no i think that that was a really high level description and discussion of how you approach these markets and i think um you know Bijan robinson is carrying the weight of expectation that he will produce right away and if he does meet that expectation then you're correct he will shorten to you know pick them type price as um you know as people kind of are you know they're they're they're, they're getting their confirmation that yeah he, he's the guy 
Um, I think all of the wide receivers have an asterisk to me yep. to, to stay away because I don't see any of them getting volume in the systems that they're in to warrant uh, the prices in the, you know, the teens or the tw- even the 20s. Um, and if I was going to take an absolute insane long shot, I'm probably looking for Aiden O'Connell price. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a realistic, I mean, Jimmy G is made of glass. Yes. Um, if you said there is one quarterback who will not make it through the first quarter of the season healthy, I think he would be the number one with the bullet expectation that he would get hurt. Uh, Aiden O'Connell has looked very much the part as far as a guy who can, you know, hold the, uh, uh, hold the fort down and he's working with Devonte Adams. And, you know, there are a couple of interesting uh, pieces in that uh, wide receiver room. Overall, it's, it's kind of a decent ish offense with now Jacobs back in the fold. And um, so O'Connell might be a guy that could truly shatter, uh, you know, shatter expectation here. Uh, if he gets the job early enough, um, I'm, you know, I don't think I would play anything shorter than about 80 to one there. Uh, and he may have moved in that direction already, considering that I'm not the only person with eyes who's seen how well he played in the preseason. Um, but uh, Brian Horrier certainly is not the answer if Jimmy G goes down. I think, I, and honestly, like people are looking at him like he's the entrenched QB too. Mm. I feel like he's more of like QB coach yeah. uh, than he is actually likely to take the field this year, even in uh, emergency uh, service. So, um, you know. If uh, if Jimmy G can make it to week three and then ultimately gets taken out by T.J. Watt or somebody uh, in in on Sunday Night Football, uh, then Aiden O'Connell, uh, you know, he could win enough games. He could do enough statistically to get consideration here. So only true long shot that I think is is uh, you know quasi live. Yep, I think it's always good in this market uh, to always look at to look at quarterbacks because if a quarterback all he needs is the opportunity to come in and then if he is if he is good. Uh, then he's on, then he's in the slipstream to winning. That's why I was really eyeing off Kenny Pickett towards the end of last season <laughs> yeah. when he got out to like the Brock 40 Purdy to was live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, that's definitely the area to look. With the wide receivers, I just think like the way you have to look at this is who has the pathway to being wide receiver one on their team? Because if you start projecting injuries for like Justin Jefferson and you're backing a guy at 16 to one needing an injury to Justin Jefferson, that's just stupid. Like it's not, it's, it's not a good way to price that market because the, the odds of Justin Jefferson getting hurt and then Jordan Addison becoming the guy and then be, being good enough. Like you just need so many things to go right, which aren't going to get you to 16 to one. Jackson Smith and Jigba, same thing. Like Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, there's just too many guys there and he's hurt already. Uh, Quinton Johnston, is he really going to be the guy over Mike Williams and Keenan Allen? I don't think so. Jalen Hyatt maybe has a better path to being wide receiver one than these guys, but there's just like 50 wide receivers on the Giants and Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley, who, by the way, Saquon Barkley was their most targeted player in the passing game last year. Uh, and then you get further down, like Rasheed Rice. It's just not super inspiring. Zay Flowers, I think, is the guy who could become wide receiver one. I just worry that if that team is actually going to throw the ball as much. I know Todd Munkin, you know, allegedly they will, but kind of need to see it. But he would probably be my pick of the wide receivers just because he has the pathway um, to, to that role. But I uh, so don't, don't love that bet. No, I, I'm, and I'm with you on that. I think uh, still uh, mar- most targeted players going to be Mark Andrews, even if Zay Flowers does take over wide receiver one role. And, you know, rookie a wide receiver as a wide receiver one is going to garner a lot of attention. Uh, from the defense's best cornerbacks, and uh, that could ultimately spell uh, a little bit of a rookie wall for Zay Flowers once we get to, like, November, December. Yep. 
He's, he's one to watch, though. All right. Don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks, everyone, watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. Please don't forget to rate and subscribe if you're listening in podcast form. And a reminder to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. We'll see you soon. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.